the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Learn to Buy and Sell Cars with your host, Randy Adams. Randy has been in the business for decades and is ready to share with you everything you need to know about buying, selling, trading, and dealing with cars. And now, the host of Learn to Buy and Sell Cars, Randy Adams. Hey, good morning, San Antonio. It's Randy Adams, Learn to Buy and Sell Cars.com. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all the violations. Everything that's going on, I tell you, there's so much trash going on, it's hard to believe. But let's take the Lord, dear Heavenly Father, help each and every one of these listeners to to grow and learn and examine themselves, examine their purchases, to know exactly what they can afford, what fits their budget, and be so well informed that they can teach others. And ask us all in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure, and uh, if you get a chance, go to Facebook, Randy Adams. You can look at this show. Also, the show's going to be played at, on Freedom 1160 this afternoon at 1 p.m. If you miss it or you want to uh, miss some of it or somebody did and you want to tell them about it, please do. Hey, if you like this show, tell 20 people I want to buy their car, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And tell 20 people to go to my website, learntobuyandsellcars.com. Thank you. I have so many people come by my car lot just to meet me. Uh, I'm on I-35 in New Bronzeville. I, th- I thank each and every one of you. Um, I thank you for the opportunity to be your mentor, that you'll listen to me and understand what's going on in the car business because there's so much that's going on, and their God is money. Number one is money. Number two is greed. Number three is pride. And when you put those three things as your gods in your life, it's a train wreck for everybody that you run over, and that's what they're wanting to do. They want to run over you and just keep going. They collect the money from the bank. Hello, Tony and David. They, they, keep, they collect the money from the bank, and they, they're hands-free. They cut you loose. They get their money. They say, bye, bye, give me the money. Bye, 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 that's American pie or something like that, and they just smile all the way to the bank. And so you've got, well, let me give you one example. A lady in Corpus. She goes to buy a car. They make a deal. Everything's fine. Well, two weeks later, they call her and they said, oh, there's a big problem. you got to bring your car back in. There's a problem with the car. There's a recall on it. She said, well, that's a minor fix. I'll bring it in. You know, she, they bring it in. They said, well, we can't fix it. We can't get the part. We're going to have to sell you another car. She said, this car's fine. The recall's no, we got This is all a game. This is all putting this lady together. This is all to get her back in there and sell her something else. So after a battle, <clears throat> after them working hard on this deal and, and things not going well for the lady, finally they put her in another car, and she looks at the contract, and it's 16000 higher for a car that was about like what, the, what she was buying, but a lot more miles. Now, how did they go up 16000 Hey, these big-time multi-million dollar dealerships they got to make money somehow and so they had it figured out this woman hey do they pick on single women oh do they they pick on everybody why won't they pick on single? they pick on single people anybody you know god is in unity and i want to be in unity with you i want to you need help you need education you need somebody there for you but satan wants to divide and that's Maybe that's part of the car business, Satan, because they want to divide you. They want to divide, hello, Jeremy. They want to divide husband and wife. They want to divide everybody. And so they got this lady, and she calls a good friend of mine. And he listens to the show, and he knows me well. And she explains what was going on. He said, pitch the keys and walk out. Asked about your trade. Of course, they're going to lie to you about the trade. They got it hit out, or they might have went and sold it, and they probably, you know, made a thousand, two thousand on on the trade in. And so she couldn't get a trade. 
she had to get somebody to come pick her up. She wasn't going to sign that contract with 16000 more. She had ended up owing about $35,000 on a car that was probably worth eleven dollars or $12,000. These dealerships have no mercy, no conscience. Oh, but when they buy something, they want the best. They want the best deal. They want to deal with the owner. They want no problems. They want to, you know, they want to research and do everything, and they want to be on top of the salespeople, on top of the owners. They want to do the, but all they, they don't want to treat the customers right. Have you lost your kind? Do they have an on and off button on their conscience, where they turn their conscience off when they're selling one? Do unto others as you would have done unto you. I mean, you know, there's, this is not a fair game, and it's because the overhead has got tremendous. And billionaires own a lot of these dealerships. And the more dealerships you own, the more you're worth, the more you want. They never get enough. Is that greed? Is that pride? They're trying to beat the other dealers out, do the other dealers out, produce the other dealers. They got to be the number one. They got to prove they're number one. They've got to, they want to be a billionaire. So how much can you spend? How much can you use? So, we're seeing so much of this. I'm thrilled that the lady made a call. I'm thrilled that she walked out of that dealership. What's she going to do for a car? I don't know. How's she going to get this fixed up? I don't know. But, you know, he's working with her, this man in Corpus, because he knows my system. He knows me. He's made me. He's talked to me a little bit. So we're trying to straighten it up. But sometimes it's hard to straighten up. I've been buying a lot of cars off you listeners. Thank you. I had a man show up with a Camaro. And so... He wanted all the money. I couldn't give him all the money. Why not? Because it didn't have the catalytic converters on it. And he said, well, I bought it that way. What was wrong with that? I said, did they tell you? No. Well, you you know, you, it's illegal. It's a $25,000 fine to sell a car without catalytic converters. Well, I've got somebody now that wants to buy it. So I bought the catalytic converters. I can't sell it until I put the converters back on what did the guy tell me? I'm taking them back off. I said, well, thank you. Will you bring them back to me? If you have no use to, for them, bring them back to me. I'll put them on another Camaro. And so he's wanting them off. I've sold so many units, and I put the catalytic converters back on, and the people take them off. That's your right, your prerogative. It's your vehicle. But I'm going to sell it with it. But so many dealers don't pay attention to it, don't care, lie to the customer, don't put it, you know, and they say, well, I put it on the bill of sale. It's still illegal. Read the sign. I've got the sign. Of course, I'm one of the few people in the car business that has the sign posted. It's illegal to sell a vehicle without emissions. And so, you know, it's it's a funny situation. Are we above the law or do we think we're above the law? Why do they make the laws? You know, and it's a silly law. I agree. But. I'm not sure about the clean air. I'm not sure it does what they're they're hoping it does. But still, we've got to follow the law if you want to do it right. And I want to do it right. So I'm putting the catalytic converters back on that Camaro. And the people understand the deal. And they can take them off. But I'm not taking them off. I'm selling it right. And also, I went and looked at the camper yesterday. A friend of mine found a camper. He was thinking about buying it, and then he backed out. Then he wanted me to go look at it. I went and looked at it. Uh, I'm going to make the people an offer. Uh, I may have a couple of motorhomes coming in. I made offers on motorhomes. I buy the good, the bad, and the ugly. I buy anything with a motor on it. Even, well, I, I bought motorcycles and motorboats and all this other. Motorcycles just not bringing the money. There's plenty of new ones. They can You can get finance easily. So it's tough to sell motorcycles right now, And we, but we've we buy motorcycles, um, equipment, just about anything that's legal. I, I don't want the hassle of doing something illegal, and I want to do it right. And so um, this lady's buying a brand-new camper, and she's, hey, and the best kind of camper is a paid-for camper? You bet. She's got cash money. She's buying a new camper. And so there's a good chance I'll get her old camper bought today. But I... I'm always out and about, looked at a Ford diesel from a gentleman, and he's wanting, you know, he paid a lot of money for it. And it's not far from my house where I live. So I went by and looked at it. It is a super nice 6005 Ford diesel two-wheel drive. Super nice. 
But the problem is he paid way too much when he bought it. He didn't know what the market is. The deal that he was working on went south, so now he needs to off it. And so I've made him an offer. I may end up with it. Uh, he hadn't found a better offer. A lot of people badmouth six O's. I like them. There's not a problem. You just got to know how to fix them, and we do. So, but you know, you got to know what you own. I've I had a guy call me on a ninety Buick. It doesn't run. Hadn't run in years. Well, that's not worth a whole lot of money. I do have a guy that'll haul it off. Give him a little something and haul it off. And so we buy the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tell twenty people to buy it. Hey, I, the phone lines are open. Uh, I did buy the app for my Apple phone, but I'll have to repeat the questions if you call in. 210-340-9585. That's 210-340-9585. There's no dumb questions. Give us a call in. Love to talk to you. And also get pen and paper because I'm going to give my mobile number out um, at the second half of the show. That way you can call me for information um, anything, you can ask me any questions. Um, I'll buy your car. Go to learntobuyandsellcars.com. Follow the easy instructions of describing your car, and I'll buy your car. I'll make you an offer. You get a free appraisal. There's a lot of guys on radio right now and TV. Oh, we want to give you all the money. See, the key is overhead. My overhead is low. I'm a blessed man. My lot's paid for. My cars are paid for. And, you know, I don't have hardly any uh, employees. And so I've got 21 reasons why I'm a better buyer than 95% of the dealers out there. And the big guy on the radio from Dallas, he got to have – he's setting up a place down here. Well, that's overhead. He's got to hire somebody. That's overhead. He's got to take it back to Dallas. That's overhead. The overhead is turn this business to a to – a, a wild business. I mean, it is crazy. Overhead has gone through the roof, and it's not going to stop. I'm not sure that dealers are going to be able to get rich on hell damage. They get rich on hell damage. Man, they love it. The problem is, I'm not sure we're going to be able to afford the insurance anymore. Every year we get these hell damage. In Dallas, they get 80 hell storms a year. That's the average. And I, I have bought so many hell damage cars out of Dallas but we don't give much farm, bring them back, fix them up, resell them, and it works. And so, but it's going to be a battle to get hail damage. If you want to buy a hail damage new car, you need to knock off 15000 plus. Make sure you buy it at the invoice, dealer invoice, not the MSRP, the suggested retail price. Because the car has got damage on it. And if you're in another hailstorm, you're not going to be able to collect, even if you fix it. So... These insurance companies got smart. They're not going to, hey, they're not going to give nothing away. These insurance companies are owned by billionaires. Buffett owns one. Uh, George Soros, the communist, owns one. I mean, these are big insurance companies that we pay money to, and they look for a reason not to pay. That's why they've hired uh, claims adjusters to go around and beat the people up when they've got a claims adjuster, a claims against insurance companies. Hey, they have, they're trained to beat you up. So you got to be prepared mentally, physically, and spiritually for a battle. Talked to a gentleman this week. He said, Randy, I want to thank you for what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're helping me. I said, we need an even playing field, don't we? I said, you know, we go to school for everything in the world, but we don't go to school for buying and selling cars. People don't understand what it costs to be in business what it costs for a dealer, what it costs for the owner to be happy. He's got a $50 million investment to $100 million, and some dealerships are worth $200 million. You take the, the Lexuses and the Mercedes and, and the high-end ones that make a lot of money, they're worth $200 million, and that lots of times that's not even the building included. And so you've got you've to understand there's a lot of investment, a lot of big money, and the car prices are going up. Inventory is going up. Prices are going up. Everything's going up. Name a living expense that's gone down in the last 20 years for you. It's everybody's living expense has gone up. Hello, Roger and Donnie. Uh, everybody's living, David Robinson, everybody's living expense continued to go up. Car dealers continue to go up. 
prices continue to go up. But, you know, here's, here's a thought today. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the Word of God, making it unfruitful. You know, that, that's so true. The worries of this life. We've got so much going on. I mean, besides our telephone, besides television, besides families, besides work. I mean, we don't have much time to, to do anything. And so then we want to enjoy the biggest and the baddest of the machines, of the trucks and the cars. You know, and so we're worried about how we look. We're worried about how we're going to get there. We're worried about everything but the true value. What's that value of that car worth? What's it going to be worth in three to five years? We worry about this life. Hey, our health's the most important thing. Our family's with us right there, probably more important than our health because we love them so much. But we got family. we got health. It's a lot more important than what you drive. I'm driving a police unit today, a 14 Explorer. I love it. It's black and white. People move over. They give me a little respect, finally, on the road. But anyway, it gets 20, 23 miles to the gallon, runs and drives like a sports car. It's ugly, but it is not much money. I love driving it. It gets me around. I can drive it for four, five, six months, and it won't cost me any money. That's what I, I want to be productive. I don't have to look like King Kong. I don't have to look like a professional basketball player driving a Mercedes or a, a Rolls Royce or, you know, Bentley. I, I don't need that. That's not what I need in life. What I need in life is to educate, to teach, to help, give that helping hand. I was talking to my little neighbor last night. We were talking about relationships. We were talking about her grandchildren, what they're going through, and her son, what they'd gone through. You know, and she, it got late, and she said, I know you, you're getting up early and going and doing a radio show. I said, yeah, but you need some other points to this, the relationship, thinking about letting them examine themselves, examine their past. Are you examining yourself? Are you examining, hey, can you say no to yourself? Man, I'm going to tell you, that is a toughie. Oh, you can't, can you say no to a hamburger when you, you know, every day or ice cream or, you know, it's tough. I have that same problem. I, you know, I have to examine myself. I tell myself no. Well, I told you about a 56 Chevy convertible dream car of mine. I was going to build one years ago, but things went, I got too busy and had sold the property, needed to move the car. And so, you know, that was my dream car. I mean, they did it almost exactly the way I wanted it. But I had to learn to say no to myself. Why? I had to examine it. How much would I drive it? I got to put it in a garage. You got to get insurance in it. And how much would I really, really enjoy it? How long would that thrill of that vehicle last with me? You know, I'd get in it and drive it. I didn't build the car. I have more satisfaction than when I do the work myself. I didn't build the car. I would have loved to finish that car that I was building. And, you know, I sold it like it is. I had a chance to make a little money, send it down the road, get it out of my hair, get it out of my worries, worries of this life, worried about getting it ready. I mean, you know, it's hard to get people to do work nowadays. I mean, I got a tree guy that trims trees. Well, just to give you an example, 3000 cheaper than, than everybody else. I had a price on a rent house that I own. We need to trim the trees around. People were telling me forty-seven to fifty-two hundred, and I got it. He did it for seventeen hundred. You know, I've got a great real estate lady that works so hard. Uh, Desiree, I mean, she works so hard. I'm telling you, you give her a a challenge, and she will get after it and get it handled. I mean, there's people out there that want to be productive, want to help, want to be the best they can, and that's the people I want to be around. That's the people that that I want to associate myself to. I don't want to associate myself with these high rollers that got to outdo me, outdo everybody else. You know, their their monthly payments are most of the time what they make or even more. How many people do you know can't make all their payments? They lose. I mean, right now, there. I told y'all several years ago there were six million past due over ninety day notes in the car business. Well, now it's seven and a half million, and there's like three and a half million that they're not going to get. They're done wrote off. They done forgot. They done lost. You know, maybe they didn't have a GPS in it. Who knows? 
A lot of these banks are now wanting you to put a GPS in them before you sell them. And that would help them to find it, locate it, and repo it, especially if they're worried about it. You know, GPSs are unbelievable. You can track a vehicle as far and as wide as you want. It's amazing. You can tell what side of the garage they're parked in. So we're going to talk a little bit second half about the Scripture, and we're going to talk a little bit about buy here, pay here, because we're getting back to that season. We're getting back. I hope you found a car for your son or your daughter. It's hard. I had a lady in there wanting to buy a good SUV for $2,000 yesterday at my lot. Where do you find those units? I'll take a dozen of them. I had a dealer call me out of Alabama I used to do business with. He said, Randy, I need 20 cars that are good cars that I can pay 4000 for. I, I text him back. I'll take 100 at that for, at, that were good cars at 4000 I would because I got so many customers wanting to spend 5000 on a good car. I'd love to have them, but there's not enough of them. I mean, yes, cars go longer, but it's hard to sell a 200,000-mile car, 200,000-mile truck. And I may have a 415,000-mile 16 Ford diesel coming in. I don't know what it's worth, but we're going to find out. Get possession and go to work, Randy Adams. We'll figure out what it's worth once I get possession. We're going to see what the market is on a 415,000-mile Ford diesel. Buying a diesel, I've got to pick up uh, Monday. That's got some issues for diesel, but, you know, uh, I'll find a place to go with it. I bought a wrecked Suburban the other day, bought uh, a wrecked pickup the other day, bought a pickup with a bad motor. Uh, and so I'll, I'll buy the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you got to know what your vehicle's worth. It's your possession. Don't give it away. I don't understand what it's worth before you walk in that car dealership. You know, you you got to be prepared. I mean, you got to understand that, you know, if you don't know what's going on, they'll take advantage of you. So know exactly what your vehicle's worth. Go to learntobuyandsellcars.com, describe the car, and I'll make you an offer on it. Or you can call me on my mobile. Here it is. Get pen and paper, and I'll give it again in the second half, 830-708-4789. That's 830-708-4789. 4789, and I'll call you back. It's amazing to me. These people will call me, and I'm busy, and I can't get to their call, and I'll call them back. And they'll say, I can't believe you called me back. Would I get my phone number out on the radio if I'm not going to call back? Am I wasting my breath or what? I don't know, but I will call you back. Now, if I get too busy and don't call you back, call me back. And, you know, because there's times when it's. Um, it's amazing, especially Mondays and Tuesdays. I get so many radio calls. It's amazing. I have a show going on at 3.30 this afternoon, and uh, it's on a big station, and it's blasted all over Texas, and I get a bunch of calls at 3.40, uh, at, I'm sorry, at 4.15, 15 minutes after the show's over. It's from 3.30 to 4. It's a tape show. I messed up this week. I didn't get a fresh one in there, but anyway, and, and you go to learn to buy and sell cars.com, see when it's on or give me a call. I'll let you know. Uh, and so I even, I, I've had my first call on K Buck. K Buck's a little country western station. They wanted me on, the, on there. So I sent them some stuff and um, they've been playing it. And I've I got a guy call me. He said, Yeah, I've been listening to K Buck and you were on it. So everybody needs a little help. A lot of people need a lot of help. And the know-it-all, you're the guy we can sell and we love. Come on in here, know-it-all. Yeah, all we do is pump your head up a little bigger, tell you how great, how smart you are, and then we sell you for all the money because you're, you're ready. You're ready. You know it all. And we, and we, we become your friend. You know, we, we know what to say and what to do. Push your button. You know how your wife knows how to push your button? Well, car dealers know how to push your button even better. Because we know buyers better than they know themselves. You really? Yeah. We push by knowing by pushing your emotions, your desires, the rewarding of yourself. Simple, easy payment. Not going to have to do nothing for years and years on this vehicle. It's going to be a good You're going to love it forever. You're never going to get rid of it. What else can I say? We know you better than you know yourself. 
We know what it takes to close you. We know what it takes to convince you. You know, take the worries. This life, we got lots of worries in this life. And it's true. And we pile it on. Hello, Bill and Colette. We pile it on. The worries of this life. Well, it's the sun. It's your own dirt fire. Hello, Ori. I'll see you tomorrow. And so be prepared for the worries of this life. The more we have, the more we want. The more we get, the higher it gets, the more payment, the more troubles, the more worries. Are you having fun with your vehicle? Do you just love it to death? Oh, man, go out there and kiss it on the hood. Yeah. And and then there's a commercial. Do you hate your car? Do you hate your payment? Do you hate everything about it? Bring it on in. We're going to rob you. Yeah, that's what really happens. God bless you. Hey, call somebody. Tell you we'll be. Facebook will be off for about three or four minutes. We'll be right back on. Hey, text somebody. Tell them to tune in to Randy Adams. Learn to buy and sell cars.com. God bless you. Hello, I'm Randy Adams. Learn to buy and sell cars.com. Heard right here at 630, the word, every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. I talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly in the car business. You need any questions answered, give me a call, 830-708-4789. We'll be back with more of Randy Adams and Learn to Buy and Sell Cars on AM 630 KSLR. Now back to Randy Adams and Learn to Buy and Sell Cars on AM 630 KSLR. Hello again, San Antonio. This is Randy Adams, Learn to Buy and Sell Cars.com. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, let's let's talk more a little bit about the car business, how crazy it is, and what's going on, and the violations, and people doing things illegal, and and working people, and not taking care of the customer, and telling them just whatever it takes to to sell them. And uh, the lady down in Corpus, I've seen this before. Um, one of my Facebook listeners, Jeremy, he had uh, his kids. They're in the military. Uh, they got moused around real bad on the dealership. They ended up taking the car back two or three times, and every time it got higher and the car got older and more miles, and they had to take it back, and they sold their trade, and they gave their trade away. Their trade was worth more than what they got. I guarantee you the dealer took it to the auction, new car dealer took it to the auction, and made a bunch of money on it. And so, you know, you got to know what your trade's worth. You got to know the games. You got to know the game plan. You're going against a professional team that knows all the tricks, all the rules, all the regulations, but they live by their rules and their regulations. And so it will worry you and put this life in more worries, I guarantee you. And the deceitfulness of the wealth. They can't get enough deceit of wealth. They just they get hungry. They want to buy more dealerships. They want to make more money. They get bigger, different managers. They want better managers to make more money. They got meetings constantly. We need more money. It's, this deal's not working. The guys down the street are making more money. We got to make more money. We've got to steal the trades. And, you know, and everybody now is talking about you know, I started this in San Antonio about I want to buy your car. Yeah. And so now everybody's talking about it. They're talking about get your offer for 10 days. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I beat all those I beat all those people. And I've, I've had new car dealers say, well, Randy, you know, you're sure talking about you buying the cars. I said, well, who do y'all call when you need help? Who do you call when you don't know what it's worth? Who do you call when you're concerned about it and you don't want to have to fade the heat from the owner? I said, you call me. Who do you call when you got your friends or your family wanting all the money or the guy that works there? Y'all call me. Why? Because I'll give more money than y'all. I, I had a, uh, a owner, one of the owners of the dealership, one day I walked in and he said, Randy Adams, you're lying. I said, what am I lying about? You're lying on the radio. I said, I don't think so. He said, yeah, you're telling everybody you'll give more money than we will. I said, my neighbor was trading in a lot, a car that you sell new. You sold it to him. And I told him what I'd give. He came down here. Y'all were $1,000 behind me. Y'all sold it to him. It was low miles. Y'all would make another seven or 8000 when you sold it. He said, oh, well, I said, right there. I said, okay. And I said, y'all had trade-ins last week. You took to the auction. Yeah. 
I said, I overheard the profit margin on that. You took uh, 18 cars and made over 28000 and that's after fees, that's after cleanup, that's after transportation. I said, so did you give all those people all their money for their trade? Well, I said, and I bought a couple of those cars. I paid you profit on those cars, and I'm going to make money on those cars. Do you, are you stepping up to the plate or not? Well, I said, okay. I'm, I'm just proving a point. That's all I want to do, Hello, Donovan. And so I want to prove the point that if you don't want, know what your vehicle's worth, it's going to cost you a lot of money. My overhead's super low, as I explained, and I, and I know where to sell everything. Everything, you just never know. I mean, I get dealers call me, new car dealers, used car dealers call me, ask me about you. I got called on a regular cab flatbed diesel 4x4 stick uh, with 80,000 miles. Uh, yesterday, here's a guy that handles trucks, and he wasn't given enough. So I told him what I'd give if he gets the unit. So I, I'll I'll help him out. He's an independent. It doesn't matter to me. See, the key to a vehicle is they don't know what it's worth. They don't know who owns it, and that vehicle don't care. So just because that used car dealer, my competition, needs a little help, I'm going to give him a little help. I get an opportunity. You know, all we want is an opportunity. I want an opportunity to tell you what your car's worth. I want an opportunity to teach you and be your mentor. I want the opportunity to be there for you. And that's that's what I want. That's my purpose in this show. This I, I've told Shemiah before and, and people here, everybody was against me to do this show. Everybody. My family, my employees, my friends, everybody. The auction, everybody I knew was against it. But the Lord kept telling me to do it. He kept giving me the ideas. He kept pushing on me. He, he lightly, but he pushed on me. Finally, I tried it and got in. There was so many. Satan told me I, my voice wasn't going to work. Satan told me I was going to run out of material. Uh, all this stuff. And the stuff that I was working on. And, and finally, I, t- I took the gamble and jumped in. And it's been a success for the radio stations. It's been. I've got stations calling me, begging me. One of them to come back. Come on back. We want you back. Well, I'm happy. I'm content where I'm at, what I'm doing, until the Lord opens the doors, gives me the the sponsors. If you'd like to be a sponsor, prove the community that you want them educated. Prove the community that, you know, they're worth listening to. I'm worth listening to. Uh, that you want to prove to the community that you mean well for them. I don't have a bank or a credit union. None. They don't want to take care of their customers. I don't understand. Don't you want an educated customer, or do you want them to owe too much? You don't care of their well-being and their success and where they can retire and they can stay with you, or do you rather have a customer, you know, that gets in trouble and you lose the customer? Do we care about people? Do we care about their finances? Do we care about them doing well? I want everybody to do well. You know, and I, I tell people, I had a guy call me on a truck the other day. He said, I can buy this truck for that. And I said, well, let me tell you something. If you don't buy it, call me, give me my phone number, I'll buy it. I said, that truck makes money. An ex-banker of mine called me. Got a GT Mustang. He said, my lease is up. He said, what can we do? I said, you can make a bunch of money and I'll make a little money. He said, wow, really? I said, yeah. He said, well, I need to know what the market is. You know, and it's a stick. I said, a GT stick's good. Now, I told him the truth because, you know, what it's worth, I told him what they're bringing right now, and that'll make him some money. He, You know, he's invested money in this vehicle. He's used it, but he's kept the miles low, and he takes care of it. So it'll bring the good money. So I'll end up with a GT. I'll make a little bit. He'll make a bunch, and I'm thrilled. His lease is not up till February. I said, write it out to February. And February is better for sports cars, really, than what he's thinking about doing in November, December. I said, drive it the rest of those months. Because the market will be up in February. Attitudes will be better. People will be feeling better about everything. And away we go. Why not tell the truth? You know, so many car dealers would have told him, oh, no, you know, bring it in here. We'll take it and trade or we'll do something, you know. It, that's about all it's worth, you know. But I'd rather I'd rather set you straight on what it's worth. That's why 
I'm on the radio. That's why I want to do the best I can do and help you. Deceitfulness, and in, in what we're talking about right here, deceitfulness of the wealth, the more they get wealthy, do car dealers more lie more? It seems like that because, you know, 20 years ago, 80% of the dealers told the truth. Now it's down to 10%. More wealth means more deceitfulness, more working on you, more knowing about how to close you, how to sell you, how to push your button. When de- when you're deceitful, you'll take advantage of everybody and have no conscience about it, don't care about it. Collect your money from the bank, kiss them goodbye. Hey, when you want another one, come back and see us. We love you, brother. We really do, but we love your money, really. And that's and the desires for other things. The deceitfulness works in the customer too. Works on we we want to be the best. We want to have everything that somebody else has got. We see a color that we like. We see a car we like or a truck. Somebody's driving something we'd love to see or love to own. You know, and that happens every day. And so, are you ever content in what you drive? I mean. That Explorer I'm driving is not very pretty, but it, it's, I like to drive on it. I like the fuel mileage. I like the comfort. I like I can haul a little something. I've got a Corvette sitting at the car lot that I drive a little bit, but very little. I can drive whatever my little heart desires, but I want to be productive and comfortable. That's the key. You know, do you want to waste your money? Do you want to buy something new? Uh, I talked about the lady last week. She bought exactly what she wanted, but she's keeping it a long time. She's going to run it for 10 or 12 years. She's not going to just get in it and drop it and go home. Uh, and, she, you know, she understands that, you know, yes, you need gap. Why? Because she bought a brand-new 18, and 2020s are here. So if she's in an accident, yeah, it's going to cost her money. But shop it, just like this warranty's right here. This article, I'll show it to you. It's a car dealer magazine. Y'all don't get them. We do. Uh, And it says, how do you sell a $3,000 extended warranty on an $8,000 car? Top Trainers offers a four-step process to ensure every customer to get the protection they need. Here they're going to make $3,000 or try to charge $3,000 on an $8,000 car. And they've got a step system that will help you do that. Well, uh, it's the right question at the right time. Extended warranties, check with your bank. Randolph Brooks sells a great one. They really do. You know, and you can save a lot of money if you want. Now, you need to know a little bit about your vehicle, how good they are, if how they'll stay together. Hello, David. He's back on. Uh, you need to know your vehicle. Uh, Jaguars, you better know Victor's Jags. Uh, Mercedes, better find your Mercedes independent mechanic and get him get him locked down on what he's charging you. A BMWs, I mean BMWs and Mercedes quality is not there like it used to be. So you better have a mechanic and know him on first name basis and bring him a, whatever he needs, whatever he drinks, whatever he eats. Take him a water burger. Make sure he's happy. Because what man makes breaks. You're going to spend money on it. So do a little research. What are the, what kind of problems they have? What should I expect? What can I expend? Uh, what should I look for? Talk to your mechanic. And don't buy a Jaguar without knowing Victor. I mean, I've got a buddy of mine, lives out in the country, bought a Jaguar. Got a man that uh, was supposed to be bringing me a Jaguar Sunday. I, I went one direction. I guess he went in another direction. 15 Jaguar, they just spent a bunch of money on the motor. They spent, I think, almost $10,000 on a 15 Jaguar on the motor. Well, I was over Victor's Jags not long ago, and there was three sitting there needing motors, and the motors were higher than what the car was worth. Now, accounting would be on the floor. There was labor to put it in. So do a research. Talk to people that own them. Talk to mechanics. Talk to body shops. Talk to uh, parts houses. You know, how high are parts? What am I? What should I expect? You know, and I was I, yesterday. Uh, I had a call from a gentleman said in New Brunswick said, "Would you go over and check on a car that's at my mother's house?" I said, "Sure." So he gave me the address. I went over there, real sweet lady, real sweet, and uh, uh, she said, 
I'm so thankful you're going to get this car out of my garage. Well, the problem was it's been there for three years. She moves it in and out very little. Well, she's already bought two brand-new batteries. I can't believe that she walked into AutoZone and paid $180 for a battery. And I mean, them are little bitty dudes. It ain't a big one. And this is a little bitty car. This ain't a big one. So anyway, it's her second battery. She said, this will be the happiest day in a long time to get this car out of my garage. Well, the battery's bad again. And she had she had uh, pencil-thin uh, jumper cables. wasn't going to jump. They wasn't long enough for where it was, this, that, and the other. So we go across the street and bar a set of jumper cables. And we put them on. And, oh, by the way, the key, when your battery's completely dead, you can't get the key out. So the key was stuck in there. So we charged it up enough to get the, the key to work. And then we charged it enough to get it started. You used to see that lady when I pulled out of that garage. She was so happy to get that car out of the garage. She couldn't get to her Christmas stuff. It, the door to the attic was right above the car, and it wouldn't run, wouldn't start. She kept putting batteries in it, but she didn't do it in December. She should have put a battery in it in December where she could move it. She'd put them in there two or three months in advance. they go dead, and she can't move it. Well, anyway, I called her son in Austin. I said, uh, I got the, the good news is I got the, the uh, Arcadia, uh, uh, Acadia out of the garage. He said, thank you. I said, yeah, you, you made your mother happy, and she's coming to Austin tomorrow to see you. She's going to hug your neck, I guarantee you. And so we get the car out of the garage. I said, the bad news is the air conditioner's not working. Uh, got a little whine in the, in the power steering from sitting too long. Your tires are flat spots. <laughs> we went over the list of stuff. But he understands the program. He understands that he can come down there and look at it from uh, Austin and see what I'm talking about because I'm not going to lie to him. And uh, we'll, we'll go over the car, and I'll get the car bought. But, you know, here's a lady that's been storing her son's car for three years. Why? Because of crazy Austin. He, her son lives downtown, and there's no parking places. You can't find a place to park. And they live in a condo that's got two parking places, so one for his car, one for his wife's car. This was a spare car. Spare car don't work in Austin. Expensive to have a parking place for it. So he's going to sell me the car. You know, and we've been dealing about it and talking about it and getting it to fit the time. But, I mean, it took a little work to get that car out of that garage. It took the right jumper cables. It took a little time, and it was hot in there. And then it was real hot driving it back to my car lot with no air. So this lady's happy. The guy's going to be happy. I hope I'm happy. I don't know. We're going to find out. We'll work on this deal a little more. So... You know, there's so many different situations here. This guy couldn't park this car. He couldn't afford to sit it. Why didn't he sell it three years ago? I do not know. I'd have sold it three years ago. But maybe he was thinking about moving. I don't know. Everybody's got different situations. Everybody's got different problems. Everybody's got different worries. You know, why do you worry about this car? But maybe he's too busy. Are are we so busy we can't tend to our cars? Are we so busy we we don't know what it's going to cost us. Do we want to spend the time? You know, we researched a television, and I use that for example because I know so many people will spend two, three months checking the best price, the best product, check the history on them, do everything in the world before they buy a TV, and then jump up on a Saturday morning, run down the car lot, and get their head ripped off. Why? Because they haven't done their homework. You remember homework in school? You didn't do your homework, you got in trouble. It's no comparison. That teacher's going, not going to slap you on the knuckles with a ruler. Hey, they're going to slap you and put you in debtor's prison. And then you're going to have to work real hard, real hard, in getting out of debtor's prison. Hello, Connie. So, you know, come in. It says here, the desires of other things. If we get a new car, do we need a new boat? Do we need a new garage? What else do we need? Well, we got to take care of it and clean it up. So many of these brand-new cars, I see these people, boy, they wax them down and they really take care of them. And then a little later, they don't clean them, they don't do nothing. I make fun of a, a account manager that I had at another station. He bought his seven. He got four kids. I mean, he got four little kids. So he buys him an SS Camaro. Man, wasn't that brilliant. 
And he even was on the show with me for two months. I guess he didn't learn nothing. I, 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 I should have read this. I should have told him, you know, uh, what goes on in our lives is, uh, well, I wrote it down here this morning somewhere. I got to find it. I'm sorry. The truth is clear, but the ability to understand is imperfect. I guess I gave him the truth for two months, but his ability to understand was imperfect. He goes and buys this black Camaro, and then he goes and buys $2,500 worth of wheels and tires and gives his factory wheels and tires away to the, the wheel people. So they made some more money when they sold his wheels and tires. That's how brilliant he was. So here he's got four kids. I said, where do you want to put them four kids in that Camaro? None of them can ride up in front. You can only put two car seats in the back. You're going to take the trunk off and put the other two in there? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'm not going to take my kids in that Camaro. How do you buy a, a Camaro with four kids? You know, and so are we making the right decisions? Is pride, is selfishness, is rewarding? Did it help him make that decision? And the funny part about it is I bought his trade-in. So how did that conversation go? Well, uh, what do you own on, owe on it? I don't know. Who do you owe it to? I don't know. How many more payments you got? I don't know. He didn't know nothing. He got, you know, here a guy sits two months in my radio show. You know, the truth is clear, but the ability to understand is imperfect. So he don't he don't know what nothing. I ended up buying his vehicle because they didn't want to give nothing for it, and I made money on it. Not much, but I was happy. So, what have you bought that you've really been proud of? What kind of deal? You know, we're trained, and I'm I'm good at it. I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I can do it too if I want to. Convince you you got the best deal in the world. I've seen people walk out of these places that are the worst in the world, and I want. You got to call me to find out who they are. We're not to buy. Walk out of there thinking they got the best deal in the world, so proud of it, and go to bragging about it. I had a buddy of mine that bought a truck from a big independent used car dealerships here in San Antonio. Bragged about it on Monday night men's group. Just bagged about it, bragged about it. What a great deal. And I left him alone. He was at the table that I was at the men's group. I go to Monday night men's group at Cornerstone Church. You're invited to come on out and meet me or come out to the men's group. It's Monday night from 6.30 to 8. We're out by 8. We eat from 6.30 to 7. Usually have water burger pizza or something, you know. The basketball courts are. You'll see all the cars parked out there. So he was bragging about it. Oh, man, the greatest deal in the world. Man, I got a good deal. Well, finally... He run, he run, he just, I mean, after about 15 times, I had enough. I said, let's pull up and see if uh, that big independent used car dealer bought this thing at the auction. So we pulled it up, and there was his truck about 5000 cheaper than what he paid for it. He quit bragging about it immediately. I guess his old, his old conscience, his old heart jumped. I bet his heart almost jumped out of his mouth because he, you know, we think we're getting the best deal. Are we convincing ourselves? Did the salesman convince ourselves? Or is our pride so big that we are convinced? You know, about every time I go to bragging about something, good Lord slaps me down. I, I quit saying I'll never do that because about that time you'll be forced to do it. You ever said that? I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to let a car dealer take advantage of me. Man, you go in there and you'll catch one and they know what to say and they'll slap you down. Hey, I quit saying lots of things. I've learned my mouth gets me in more trouble than anything else I got. It's always in gear, it seems like. It's not in gear with my mind because my mind, I'm sure glad I don't give my mind out. I have to have a little disconnection in between them two because I'll definitely be putting my foot in my mouth. But have you ever done that? Have you examined your purchases lately? Have you examined what you do? Have you examined how, you know, you want to brag to everybody what a great new car? I tell you about that guy that puts his elbow on that Maserati at church. I've seen him many times get out and put his elbow on there saying, anybody seeing me in my Maserati? Uh, I look around. He stands there for two or three minutes, makes sure somebody can see him. Hey, I feel sorry for him. I don't want to work on that dude. 
I don't want like that loss of value. Hey, you know, some people want to be a winner all the time. I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. But when you buy a vehicle, especially one of them high-dollar European sports cars or something, that's not a winner. That little darling's going to take a nosedive. And I hate losing. I guess it's a competitive me. I was in sports in high school. I played football, running back, point guard, shortstop, did it all. Was Good Lord blessed me where I was really good at all of it except for golf. Boy, I'm going to tell you, golf will humble you. It's beat me up. That's a humbling game. But anyway, so, you know, I've, I've done it all. I understand it. But sometimes, you know, pride gets too big in our lives. And, and when we've got to, we do purchasing with pride, purchasing with selfishness. I want to purchase with the right frame of mind. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. I want to examine myself. I want to think about it. I want to pray about it. I want to understand what I'm doing. You know, like it's like I just stated, you know, uh, we've got to understand that our the truth is clear. We know the difference between right and wrong. We know when we're doing right or wrong. We know what we can afford and can't afford. We know what our budget is. But the ability to understand ourselves, to say no to ourselves, is imperfect. Who's running your mind? You, Satan, greed, pride, keeping up with the Joneses. Joneses used to try to keep up with me. They don't know more. I'm driving a cop explore black and white and i like it i don't know i sure do god bless you give me a call 830-708-4789 i love you san antonio god bless you and your family have a blessed week and let the anointing flow right through you and your family be anointing to somebody this week god bless you Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.